We're concluding the series we've been on for several weeks entitled The Red Zone. For those who are football fans, you know what the red zone is. That's at 20 yards before the goal line when a team marches down the field and they're within reach of scoring, not just making a first down. They're, they're, their focus is to score. That's the red zone. And this week, I want to speak and conclude this series on what I call the, the two-minute warning. Football fans, you know what I'm talking about. It's when the half is going to end or the game is going to end. They give a two-minute warning. Two minutes left in the half or two minutes in the game. Do you know there's a whole strategy, there are plays that they drill and practice for the two-minute warning? Sometimes in the course of, of an entire half, a, a, a team may not score at all, but in that two minutes, they have a strategy to quickly march down the field, and games are won and lost frequently in the two-minute warning moment of the game. Can I say for every one of us, you're in a red zone moment. There's something God wants to do, and some of us, we're in that, that two-minute warning. In other words, here's what God's saying. God is saying something you've worked on, you prayed about, you've held on to, you've, you've, you've embraced God's purpose, you've been obedient. You're so close. You're so close. And this is the moment for your breakthrough. That God's going to do a quick work in your life, in your family, in your finances. God's going to do something supernatural. This is not the time to give up. This is not the time to relax. This is not the time to quit, to, to say, I, well, God's not going to heal and God's not going to come through and God's not going to bring the miracle. That, this is not the time to acquiesce. You're in the two-minute warning. Press on and become everything God wants you to be. Now, I've noticed that there are enemies to spiritual growth. Oh, an obvious one would be sin, and most of you think that's what we're going to go at right now, and I could, I could talk about that. But let me unpack some other, what I call enemies, for spiritual success. Where we lose the game, we lose, we lose the moment, we lose the miracle in that two-minute warning. And one is feelings of inadequacy. As a pastor, I deal with so many people that because of something in their past, they made a mistake, a misjudgment, or, or their whole life, their whole life they feel like they've been under, under the reprimand of God. They, they've never felt accepted by Jesus Christ. They've never felt fully uh, confident in their spiritual life. And feelings of inadequacy keep people from saying, you know what, it's not for me, God will not do it, it just can't happen. Someone has said, the regrets you have next week will be from things you do this week. But regrets you have a decade from now are going to come from things you didn't do. The big regrets in our life are typically not the things we do, are the things we don't do. It's, it's the step we didn't take. It's the, it's the person we didn't become. It's the moment that we didn't step into. It's when we, through feelings of inadequacy, we've just kind of accepted average. Another reason for another enemy of spiritual, that, that fights spiritual success in our life, and I, I would address this to really to everyone, but in particular to the men. Guys, fellas, hear me out, is being under-challenged. I believe many of the men in the body of Christ today are under-challenged. 
Someone wrote a book just a few years ago on, on how to get men to come to church. And the whole philosophy is, is men do not like to feel awkward, do not like to be called out, do not want to, do, don't want to feel inadequate. So don't, don't ask men to do anything. Don't impose, don't, don't say anything that would make a, a man feel challenged or, or, or feel uncomfortable in his conscience. Always just make men feel good all the time. And as a product of that, we have men that won't sign up, stand up, pay up, or show up in anything spiritually. And you know, God has something for us, and I, I want to push back against that culture. I want to say, men, we are under-challenged. Men, we are under-challenged. There is so much more God wants to do in our life. And we will never fully come into what God wants by just sitting back in the comfort zone. You know, the gospel is about sacrifice. Jesus will say, take up his cross and follow him. The Bible says we have to deny ourselves. There, there's a time we just need to be challenged. And fellas, I want to invite us. Allow the Holy Spirit to challenge you. Too many men today in the American church, they're associated with the church and they're associated with Jesus, but they're not affiliated. There's a difference between being associated and affiliated. Associated means kind of a casual, I associate with this, you know, uh, we, 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 we kind of have a, an understanding. It's really not binding. I kind of just am just kind of associated. There's a difference in affiliated, you're connected. And affiliated, you're, you made a commitment. If you're affiliated, you're that person, you take on that identity. You, you, you take on that cause. And God wants us to be affiliated and not associated. Fellas, just for a moment, think about you. You're married. You recall the time you proposed to your spouse? Yeah, I do. I, mean, I, I proposed to Denise on the phone. I called her up and said, Denise, will you marry me? She said, yes. Who is this? You know, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, God, you remember when you proposed? You didn't get out on one knee, and say, one knee and say, would you please associate with me? No. <laughs> you know, you, you didn't say, so. you know, will you go your way, I'll go my way. You live your life, you do your thing, you know. We'll just kind of, we'll just kind of hang around a little bit. But there's no commitments, there's no expectation. I want to invite you, Jesus, he doesn't want to just associate with you. He wants to be your Lord and your Savior. He wants an affiliation. He wants to change your heart. When it comes to spiritual matters, let's don't be half-hearted. When it comes to spiritual matters, let's don't be neutral in that. Let's go all out. We're in the two-minute, we're in that two-minute moment. And God is saying, you can accomplish, you can become. This is, this is the time to do that. Which brings me to the scripture we're going to look at today. It's in Joshua chapter 1. Let me set the setting again. We've spoke about this all through this series. Moses, the great servant of God, the great prophet of God, he's gone on to heaven. And Joshua has been selected by the Lord to lead God's people, the Israeli people, into the promised land. They've left Egypt. They've crossed the Red Sea. 
40 years in the wilderness bringing them to the journey, and now they're at the threshold, the brink, the edge of the Jordan River. Now the Jordan River, the Bible tells us, is at the flood stage. Think of of a flash flood here in San Antonio. You've seen a raging river during a flash flood. It's going, it's this, it's this torrent of, of wa- body of water moving down. And they're on one side of the Jordan River, and the promised land is on the other side. I've been to the very location in the Holy Land. We've been there. We've, we, we actually, that's one of our stops. And God is saying you're going to cross over you're going to move in. So Joshua tells the people, in just a few days we're going to do this. In a few days we're going to, we're going to see God's promise come about. We're now in the two-minute warning. We've been traveling. We've been, we've been marching the ball, if you please, down the field for, for some time now. But now we're in the red zone. This is the two-minute warning. We're about to go in. And Joshua is telling the people, keep your focus. Which brings us to verse number 16. One verse. Let's look at Joshua 1 and 16. Then they answered Joshua, Whatever you command us, commanded us, we will do. And wherever you send us, we will go. Whatever you commanded us, we will do. Wherever you send us, we will go. Just a few days ago, about a week, week ago, I've had a guest speaker who spoke in the student ministry on the weekend. He spoke to middle school, high school, and young adults. He came in early, and it's the first time I had a chance to meet this pastor and his wife. So we went out and had dinner together. We sit down at a table in a restaurant and began to exchange niceties and just began to talk about our ministry and our journey in life. He was kind of getting to know me, and I was kind of getting to know him personally. I'd heard some about him before. But this was our chance to really connect. And we, we had a wonderful spiritual heart connection there. And, and in the course of time, he said, tell me about your ministry. I said, well, Denise and I, Denise and I, 35 years ago, we planted Westover, and we've served this one church for 35 years. We've given our life to it. And in the course of conversation, he asked me this question. If you were writing a letter today, and you could say three things to a young Jim Ryan who's starting ministry, with everything you know now, everything you've learned in 35 years, and everything you've come to realize, you've learned about God, ministry, the journey of life, the wisdom God has taught you. If you could say If you could say something, tell me three things you would write in a letter today that you could give to a young Jim Ryan starting all over again. And it came to me that quickly. Well, you see, that's exactly what we've done for 35 years. And it's not original with me. It was my pastor. My pastor. My pastor, I thought he walked on water. He's in heaven now. Pastor Yarbrough was a godly man. We were in a small church, but he was a godly man. And and he spoke into my life. I'm here in San Antonio today because of my pastor. When I told my pastor I wanted to go into the ministry, I felt like God had called me. I said, where should I go to Bible school? He said, well, I went to a Bible school in San Antonio. Why don't you consider that? And I said, you know what? If it's good enough for my pastor, it's good enough for me. I just took it. I just had such confidence in my pastor. And my pastor, early on in the ministry, when I was a teenager, 
he gave me three things to live by. And that's what we live by. And these are the three things I would tell a young Jim Ryan. These are the things I want to share with you today. Number one, whatever God says, do it. That's right out of the scripture. Whatever, here's what they told Joshua, whatever the Lord commanded us, we were do. Whatever God says, do it. If God put it in his word, if God put it in your heart, if God is saying to you, whatever God says, just do it. Do you know that procrastination can hack into our dreams, our ambitions, and our goals? Many of us, we're, we're not succeeding spiritually because of procrastination. It's so easy, self-included, to say, you know what, when I get around to it, when I can afford it, when I have time, when I feel like it's right, when I, and we have all of these reasons, excuses, and we shadow box with God and because we, we, we're not confident or whatever the case may be. Whatever God says, do it. You know that, that lack of faith will slay its thousands? Procrastination will slay its ten thousands. Procrastination can, can rob us of God's opportunity. The best time to obey God is now. The best time to follow through with God is now. Is God saying something? Did God put something in your spirit last year, but because of COVID, you say, well, I can't, and maybe this is not the time, and it didn't work out. We have all of these reasons we defer. Let me just stir up in your heart. If God said it, do it. If God put something in your heart, if God said start a business, then put the plan in place. If God said go to school and finish your degree, then do it now. If God said get into counseling, do it now. Whatever God said, do it. The Spirit of God has something for you. You're in that, that two-minute warning, and God wants to fulfill his dream in your life. It was Harry Truman said, there are some things in life, there are some questions you can't answer. you just got to decide. That's good. Yes. Sometimes it's easy to sit around and try to answer the questions. Well, will it work out? Will everybody support it? Will I have enough time? Can I finish it? Will, will, will my boss approve of it? Will I get the financing together? And we can go through all this and not have answers and say, well, we can't do it. Sometimes, sometimes in life you don't answer the questions, you just decide it. None of us could afford children when we had it. We just had children, didn't we, huh? You just decide to do it. You just, you just decide you're going to have a family. You're going to decide you're going to go to college. You're going to decide you're going to go for that career. There's times you just make the decision. And when it comes to God's purpose, if God said it, then do it. And if you'll follow God, I notice this. God turns your have-tos into want-tos. God somehow gives you the energy and the, and the hope and the peace as you walk in obedience. Let me just encourage you. God said it, do it. He'll turn your have to into a want to in life. Whatever God says, do it. Number two, I share with you. Wherever God leads, go. It's right out of the text. Wherever God, wherever you tell us to go, we're going to go. And that's, that's exactly what my pastor said. My pastor told me, Jim, whatever God says, do it. Wherever God leads, go. That's how we gained to San Antonio. We just followed God. 
And if God is telling you that you need to, you need to go get your master's degree, don't, don't question God. Do it. If God says that, that there's something he wants you to go after, go after it ambitiously with enthusiasm. May I use the football metaphor again? If you're going to be watching the football game this afternoon, you're going to see something that happens almost in every game. The quarterback will go back into what they call the pocket. The ball will come to him. He'll scramble around. And then all of a sudden, this will be that play that he's going to go deep. He will just pull back that arm, and he'll just throw that ball, and that ball will whistle high up, and it'll start coming down, and there's nobody there. You see where the ball is going, and there's no one there. Then all of a sudden, here comes the receiver, and they match at the same time. I mean, I watch this. You, you know that coach and those players have drilled that time. You take this many steps back. The receiver goes down to so many yards, so many steps, and then he makes the cut and moves towards the sideline. You throw that ball, you aim at this point, and then the receiver's there. And that ball will be arching, coming up, hanging, as it were, in the, in the, in the, in the air, and it begins to come down. That receiver is just going, and all of a sudden, he'll put out his hands and look back. And that ball is just right, right there, and he catches it. He's in the place that he should be they they practice and they drill that and we call that a receiver okay he's a receiver how many want to be on the receiving end of God's goodness don't you you want to be the receiver I want to be the receiver can I tell you God is going to God's going to begin to deliver something to you his goodness his faithfulness his provision his miracle his healing grace, his strength, his peace, his goodness. God will begin to deliver. But you've got to be in the place God has for you. If you want to be the receiver, you've got to be in the place. You've got to go where God said to go. That, that quarterback is going to arch that ball up. That receiver has to be in that exact place. And if he does, guess what? There's success. But every the receiver, he'll get confused and go the opposite direction. That ball just kind of goes in the out-of-bounds area. And I've done that a time or two. I thought God was going this way, and God said, be over here. The good thing is, God gives you another chance. The good thing is, God gives you another chance. But wherever God says to go, go there. Wherever God's leading you. Don't, don't ask yourselves the, the 25 questions that will talk you out of it. There's a moment in faith you just have to say, God, you're in it. And you, we use words like this. Boy, I sure was lucky. Wasn't it lucky, sweetheart, that we went to look at that new house? We've been thinking about buying a new house for six months. And the day we walked in, they had a new model home and they marked it down $40,000. No, that's not luck. That's called blessing. You were there and you received it. All the time you were thinking about it. God was putting that all together. It's, it's the person saying, isn't it a coincidence? Isn't it a coincidence? 
I was thinking about getting another job, and I just happened to finish my resume, and I talked to somebody, and they said send it to somebody, and they did it, and they were hiring right there, and I got a, pro, I got a new job, and I'm making more than I've ever made before, and it's the perfect job that I, 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 I've wanted for so time. And it, isn't that a coincidence? No, it's not a coincidence. You were right there where God wanted you to be, and you received. Oh, sometimes we think it's luck, it's a coincidence, it's how things worked out. No, can I tell you, God's working in your life. And there is something, if you're in the place where God wants you to be, you're going to receive what God wants you to have. And I'm saying wherever God is leading you, then go after that. Be where God wants you to be. Pursue what God has for you. Number three, my pastor said, Whatever God says, do it. Wherever God leads, go. And the third thing, whatever God asks, give it. Whatever God asks, give it. Just trust God. Just trust God. If God's God's asking something from you, He's never trying to take from you. He's trying to get to you. If God's asking you to do something, then you give it. Give your best to God. Don't give God leftovers. Don't give God spare change. Don't give God the leftovers of life. Give God your best. If God asks for it, give it. What is the Holy Spirit saying to you? What is the Holy Spirit saying in you? Whatever that is, give it. Don't hold back. Don't hold back. When I, was a, when I was a kid, my dad worked in the mines. He was a foreman in the mines, worked underground. My mom and dad opened a business, a small business. They had a, a used furniture store. And they would take furniture and sell it. And I'd, I, did, I would work for them at times, made some money growing up by working in their small business. And my, my mother and dad on Friday nights would drive some 75 miles away to, to Albuquerque, New Mexico to go to the furniture auction. I, it's, it's a huge warehouse, huge warehouse. I, I guess it was estate sales and, and, and maybe remodeled projects from apartments and stuff that was demoed or repossessed. I mean, you cannot believe all the used furniture that was there and they would have an auction and mom and dad would go and that's where they would buy and and they would haul it home and I would help them and set it up and that's how they ran their business and I would go with mom and dad occasionally to the auction and I would sit there if you've ever been in auction that's kind of a different environment you know the auctioneer he has a rhythmic rap that he talks into I can't mimic it I mean it's a it's a it just has a, a cadence to it that's just so different. And the auctioneer will pose a price, for example, $50. And he's a, got 51 to 60, 51. To, he's going through all this all the time. He's trying to see, there, I got a bid for 50. Will somebody give 60? And somebody says, say, 60, I got 60. Somebody gives 70. And they go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth in this. And I've sat there many times with Dad. And dad would look at a piece of furniture and the bid might be 50 and 
the auctioneer may be calling for 60 no one gives 60 and dad's thinking and calculating i gotta haul it back and clean it up sometimes restain it or or fix this on it to make it it's can we make a profit on it and if dad didn't want to give 60 for it there's a and the auction the auction there's a you do this that means halfway you won't give 60 you'll give 55 so whatever the the present bid is and whatever they're asking if dad meant did this that means he'd give half of that you go 55 i got 55 can i get 60 i wonder do we do this with god god i'm just going to go halfway with you you know jesus said love you with all of my heart all of my soul and all of my strength but no just kind of sunday is good enough for me i i i, I i'm not gonna i'm not gonna engage god in other areas i'm gonna run my life and i'm gonna run my business and i'm gonna run my career I'm going to do the family the way I'm comfortable. This is the way I was raised, and I'm going to do it. I know God wants me to be a different person. God's asking for more, but I'm going to give God half of that. Don't ever give God half. Whatever God asks, give it. And don't give God half. Don't don't try to get a bargain with God. I read the New Testament. No one gave half to God and walked away with a miracle. You see, God's not in the half business. Jesus, when he came to the blind man, he didn't heal one eye and leave one blind. No, he made him whole, both eyes. When Jesus came to the crippled man, he didn't heal one leg and let him just limp. No, he healed both. And some of us, we've watched God work in our life in dramatic ways. But God hasn't completed that. Could it be we've done this to God? Halfway? Oh, God, I'm not, I'm not, not going to do that. No, no I'm, I'm not going that far. I, I, I'm not willing to go that far along. I'm going to tell you, I'm sold out to God. Everything God asks, I'm going to do. Everywhere God leads, I'm going to go. And whatever God asks, I'm going to give. I'm sold out. But it's not S-O-L-D. It's S-O-U-L. I'm sold out to God. He captured my soul. There's something inside of me. I fell in love with Jesus. And God captivated that. And I said, God, I want to serve you with my whole heart, my whole soul, my strength, everything. Some of us were in that tomb in the morning. And God wants to do so much more for you. But He wants he wants to be in the very heart of your being. He wants your soul. He wants everything. Not, not halfway. But, but pastor, what about? 
a challenge and it's difficult and I have these obligations. We go to sold out. Someone has said, one ship sails east and another west by the selfsame wind that blows. It's not the gale but the set of the sail that determines where it goes. The winds of sea sow the winds of fate as we journey along through life. It's the set of the soul that determines the goal, not the storm or the strife. Yes, the soul is set. You make a decision in the soul. Whatever God asks, you give. I'm going to invite you, balcony, main floor, and church online to just go with me in a prayer moment right now. If you would just bow your head. Let's, let's have an audience with God and God alone. Are you associated with, with Jesus but not affiliated with Jesus? And you sense God is calling you to a full commitment? Been coming to church and coming to church kind of warms that spiritual inside and makes you feel good for a day, but we go back and we just do life the way we normally do. And we have God in a corner and God said, I'm not going to stay there. Jesus said he wants full custody, not visiting rights. And today, you're ready to make a full heart commitment to Jesus. You're ready to become a Christ follower. You're ready to say, Jesus, forgive me. Jesus, I surrender my life to you. If that's you, on the count of three, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. You're associated with Jesus, but not affiliated with I'm going to invite you today to make that heart commitment. Some of us here, we need to recommit. There was a time that we were fully affiliated. We're, we're, whatever God said, we did it. But we've allowed life, distractions, hurts, other priorities pull us away. We've got sucked into the whirlwind of culture and it's, it's distracted us and caused us to pull away from the Lord but today you want to recommit to Jesus you're going to say I'm going all in I'm going to fully recommit to Jesus if that's you on the count of three I'm going to invite you to raise your hand this is a commitment to Jesus moment so here it is one what has to happen you have to say Jesus forgive me Jesus come into my heart I can't pray that for you it's a personal decision you have to make that commitment but it can happen for you now Father in this auditorium some probably 35 40 hands of people committing and recommitting to Jesus saying right now as I am saying Jesus forgive me 
Jesus, the mistakes, the inhibitions, the reluctance, the neglect, the, the sin. Forgive me. The good thing is I don't have to call out all my sin. I can just say, Jesus, because you died on the cross, my sin can be forgiven. And I accept Jesus as my Savior. He's God's one and only Son. And I declare today I'm going to serve you. I declare today, I recommit to you. I make the commitment for the first time today. And I ask you, Jesus, to take control of my life. I ask you, Jesus, to begin to direct my path. I want to become a follower of Jesus. I, I, I want God's transformation to change my mind, my heart, who I am, and help me become what everything God has purposed me. those that have prayed that prayer. God, I pray the presence, the presence of the Holy Spirit be upon me. Oh God, I sense we're on holy ground right now. And the Holy Spirit is making it real for people. People online are making a commitment to Jesus right now. Oh God, oh God, Holy Spirit, just draw them to you. And I ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. I'm going to invite you to stand together with me. And as a way of declaring our commitment to Jesus, we're going to take a, a moment and we're going to have a worship course. This is our, this is a, the anthem of our soul. I'm sold out to God. S-O-U-L. I'm sold out. My soul has fully committed to follow Jesus. Pastor Lynn 